welcome back to Decup, the Disney Channel Unoriginal Podcast. I'm Sabrina. And I'm Megan. Each week we rewatch a Disney Channel original movie, talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly, and then we attempt to put it on our official DCOM ranking list. This week we're watching the 2007 Johnny Tsunami sequel, Johnny Kapahala Back on Board. Sabrina, can you please hit us with a summary? Johnny Kapahala returns to Hawaii for his grandfather's wedding, but gets stuck taking care of his new, moody 12-year-old uncle. In an attempt to connect with him, Johnny learns of a new type of boarding. Dirt boarding. Righteous. (laughs) Dusty. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Okay, let's hop in. So what did you remember about this movie from childhood before the rewatch? I have never seen this movie. Shut your mouth. (laughs) I really don't. Okay, granted, I have the worst memory on planet Earth, but I don't remember ever watching this movie. (laughs) Megan's like, I'm aware. Um, (laughs) But but I remember like the name of it and I remember it being promoted, but I don't think I ever watched it. So crazy to me because this was like prime our time this was like in the throes of when we were like constantly watching disney channel yeah and i i don't know and maybe i have seen bits of it and my memory said let's never remember that but i i've got nothing so i went in blind and i didn't watch the clip for this one because i they're useless really yeah and the only thing i saw was that he had a 12 year old uncle and i was like interesting plot point I don't know where that came from, but let's see. Yeah. So that's really how I went into this. Ah, okay, okay. So I heavy remember this movie. Not the plot, but I remember, like, the existence of it. Um, Like, I couldn't, before going into this, I probably couldn't tell you the plot of it. But I remember it being promoted on Disney Channel all the time. Like, the little behind-the-scenes features they do on commercials or whatnot. And I remembered specifically dirtboarding. And Jake T. Austin as a young boy. Like, I knew that Jake T. Austin was in this. (laughs) See, I was surprised seeing Jake T. Austin. I was like, is that young Jake T. Austin? Yeah, no, I I really liked Jake T. Austin because I loved Wizards of Waverly Place. And also, this was the first thing he ever did with Disney. This is pre-Wizards of Waverly Place. And you can tell because he is so small. (laughs) Yeah, he is tiny. He is so young. Yeah. So... I would love to know more about the writers and director of this great movie. Well, awesome. Let me tell you. So this movie was written by, as we already know, Anne Austin and Douglas Sloan, who wrote the first movie, Johnny Tsunami. And we kind of remember their writing credits from last week. But there are also two other writers credited on this movie. So four writers total. The two new writers are Max Ensko and Annie DeYoung. And they were kind of like a writing duo for several years. They wrote a lot of TV movies together, including Return to Halloween Town, the fourth Halloween Town movie. Nice. Yeah. And then Annie DeYoung went on to write some famous DCOMs, such as Princess Protection Program, Starstruck, 16 Wishes, and Girl vs. Monster. Solid. I remember yeah. Princess Protection Program when that came out. I too. That was huge. I'm- I loved that movie. (laughs) Yeah, same. (laughs) Loved it. (laughs) 
<laughs> and the movie is directed by Eric Bross, and he has several TV movies that he's directed, none that really stood out to me, but he's still working. He has uh, an upcoming project that is also a TV movie. So, yeah, that's him. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, so do we want to uh, just... Yeah. Do we want to just start? Just get into it? Because I know yeah, we, have um, the, we have a lot to say about this movie. Yes, yes. I really want to start out with... I just want us to acknowledge the first line of the movie, which is like a voiceover of Johnny. And he says something along the lines of like, in case you don't remember me, I'm Johnny Kamahala. <laughs> and that made me laugh because this movie came out eight years after the first one, yeah. which is nuts to me. Like, I don't understand why they did that. Yeah, I don't know either. But honestly, that opening, I was like, one, why is this a Western? Yeah. <laughs> this is an interesting choice to start out for like a movie in Hawaii, but okay. But I thought it was very funny because I think they probably were like, well, we have to do something to be like, hey, this is the main character in case you've never seen the first one because, yeah, because it was so far after. I mean, it's just like the kids who were in prime Disney Channel watching, like their main audience in 2007 never saw this movie. I never saw Johnny Tsunami. I didn't even know this was a sequel. I'm pretty sure they like, like I had heard of Johnny Tsunami, but I don't think they were playing it very no. often when we were young. But I think the only time I ever saw it played was in conjunction like with this movie. I never saw Johnny Tsunami on Disney Channel ever, like in my prime watching days, because it came out in 1999 when I right. was a year old. <laughs> a small so, baby. Like, I just, I, it's just crazy that they decided to do this so many years later because the, the kids who loved Johnny Tsunami aren't watching Disney Channel anymore. Right. And the kids who are watching Disney Channel have no idea who Johnny Tsunami is. But it really is, like, it can stand alone, in my opinion. It definitely does. It I mean, it's nice. Alone. It's nice to have seen the first movie because then you know the relationships yeah. and you know, like, Sam and you know all of that and you kind of know who Johnny is. But I didn't really think there was any reason you had to watch the first movie in order to watch this one. No. Which I liked a lot. Especially as a kid, having only ever seen Back on Board, I feel like it really did stand alone. And I remember liking this movie without having any of that context. So I think that's cool that like they can stand together, but also apart. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to bring up, if we're just going to jump into likes. Yes, absolutely. Um, my first one is the relationships that are written in this movie. They are, they are so, so well done. So well done. So believable. And there are a lot of different types of relationships. Yeah. So, like, I think that's you know, they so have, cool. They have the grandfather and the grandson. They have the like son and the dad on both Johnny Tsunami with his son and then Johnny Kabbalah with his dad. And then they have the grandpa and the new girlfriend, the young uncle with the older nephew, the kid with like the cool kids. Like there are so many different variations of relationships that you see in everyday life. And they put so many into this movie, but they did them so well. Yeah, I never felt like there were too many characters and there were a lot of characters. There were. It, I never felt overwhelmed by it at all. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I thought just the characters in this movie and their relationships are so well written. Which brings me to my first big positive. We have to talk about Johnny. I think that Johnny Kapahala is such a great character and an amazing role model for kids. Yes, 110%. Like, I if I'm adore thinking, Johnny. If I'm thinking about like all of our decom protagonists so far, I feel like Johnny really stands out as like the best role model. Yeah. Like in this movie, especially you see with him yeah. and his 12 year old uncle, like he is such a good older brother figure. He yeah, has cool. such a, yeah, he's a cool guy. He is super supportive, super passionate about like his family and what he loves. He and just has such a good head on his shoulders too. Yes. You know, like yes. he never lets anybody get him down. And that even in the first movie. Like, he didn't let people get him down. And in this one, he continues. Like, he's like, yeah, these Dirt Devil guys seem cool, but I, they they aren't what they seem. And also, he got hot. I'll say it. Yes, he did. (laughs) So did Sam. Well, also, I do want to say Johnny Capahala, actor who played him, was 22 when they filmed this movie. So So, it's okay. So was the actor Sam. I looked it up. Yep. But speaking on how incredible Johnny is as a character. That leads me to one of my points of the grandfather is the best parent. Yes. That's my next note. How much I I wanted to reiterate again, how much I loved the grandpa. He's incredible. And all of him and Johnny's scenes are fantastic. He's such a good actor. The grandpa is. And Johnny has gotten to be a better actor from the last movie to this one. So their scenes are so good. Absolutely. And I think you really get to see just how influential this grandfather is on everyone that's around him. Like not just Johnny, but like everyone. And yeah. it's honestly one of my favorite characters in a decom ever. And yeah, he's he's really like a cornerstone of his community. Yeah. And I think it his character, like his character's character, so well written and so like has so much depth to it that Mm -hmm. and all the characters around him know that you know like they all know how deeply influential this man is to not only the family but their entire community and I think having that both in the first and the second movie you get it a lot more in the second movie but it's just carried over so well and it just further solidifies how incredibly written this character is. Yeah, and I loved that we got to see some moments of vulnerability for him in this one. Whereas, yeah. like, in the first one, he's very wise. And we do see vulnerability with him and his son in the first mm-hmm. one. But I loved seeing, like, the sadness that he went through when his marriage was going to get called off. Like, the wedding yeah. was going to get called off. And, like, he, I liked also seeing him struggle to relate to his soon-to-be stepson. Mm-hmm. like something something that didn't come easy to him and i just, ah, the grandpa is so great i will say my one critique not enough he he's agreed they came really late in the movie and i was worried that we were not going to hear them there was one in the beginning i think you must have missed it there was like I one in did. the beginning but like there were maybe two or three throughout the whole movie yeah. not enough he he's Yeah, I also want to call out, this is not a huge point on my list, but I do want to call out 
the character development of Johnny Capahala's father is yes. great. I love him. The, I loved him in this movie. And the thing is, like, it wasn't so drastic to where I was like, not believable, you know? But mm-hmm. like he still had some of his like movie one traits, but mm-hmm. he was a lot more laid back, a lot more supportive. And it was just really nice to see that like character development of the dad. Yeah, like they didn't just abandon that character because he was such a yeah. pivotal role in the first one. Whereas in this movie, he kind of takes a backseat. But yeah. I appreciated that they didn't forget about him. Absolutely. I Overall, also want to bring up. Oh, sorry. Uh, you go first. I, I don't know if we're going to say the same thing. But I think the acting in this movie, pretty spot on. Pretty good. Like, pretty good. Especially, I really loved Brandon Baker and Jake T. Austin, like yeah. opposite of each other. I think they did so well. And it yeah, was a absolutely. very believable relationship. And I think their acting really made that hit home. I also want to call out Rose McIver and oh my God. Uh, Jonathan McDaniel, who also goes by Lil J as Sam and Val. First, I was like, oh no. <laughs> what? I screamed. When freaking Amber from A Christmas Prince came on my screen, I, I know. was like, you're kidding me. And the I need, like, I literally the whole time, I was like, she sounds like she's a 30-year-old. Like, her voice is she the does. same. She sounds, she sounds so old in this movie. Yes, but she's 19 and she's playing a 16-year-old. But I just, honestly... The, the amount of times we talk about a Christmas prince on this podcast, I know for this to come right onto my TV screen, I was yelling. I could not stop seeing Amber. <laughs> and let me tell you, okay, we've obviously watched uh, a Christmas prince, and many times <laughs> I was not expecting her to be as good as she was. Yes, in this movie, I wrote down. I was like, why is she better in this? Yes, <laughs> she. that's exactly what I was thinking and I was like it must be like the writing or something I don't know but like in this she is good like and I'm not discounting her acting I'm saying it must be the writing in a Christmas prince (laughs) like um yeah but I like I was very surprised especially with how young she is like I was like wow I I I really enjoy her in this role maybe this character was also more in her wheelhouse yeah Um, yeah I don't think I don't think it's all writing in Christmas prince no <laughs> no, but, but I, I did think, think just, I did like her in this. I think with the writing of this one, which is really well done in my opinion. Yeah. On top of you're right, it is more of a character within her own age range and something she's already experienced because she's 19 playing a 16 year old. So it's probably mm-hmm. a lot easier for her to connect to Val. At she this just point. seemed more realistic, like more relaxed yes. in this movie. Absolutely, and I also loved Sam. I love yeah. the actor for Sam. I thought him I, and I do have Brandon say, Baker were great. This is in my negatives. I was like, you're telling me that's supposed to be Sam? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't look. Uh, I was yeah, like, you're it's, joking. Yeah, it's not good. They. Uh, so if you didn't rewatch either of these movies, the the actor who plays Sam in the first one is the famous Jet Jackson. And in this movie, it's the actor who played Devon, Raven's boyfriend on That's So Raven. <laughs> Honestly, love him though. Like, I, I love liked, him. So I liked him a lot in this movie, but I don't like that they tried to pass him off as Sam. I feel like it didn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, and so I think that I wish it had rather been like, oh, this was one of Johnny's friends from Hawaii, and 
instead of like trying to convince us because they also I feel like had a different relationship from the first movie to this movie. I'm going to be honest. I thought they were going to try to play him off as one of Johnny's friends from Hawaii, but both of those little boys were white. And I was like that. No, please don't do that. Then like a different friend from Hawaii that we didn't see in the first movie. I just, I, mean, I, I would have rather had that than Sam. I just, I didn't like that they replaced. I don't know. It felt weird. See, I was like, I, I was at first, I was like, mm, <laughs> that's a choice. Like, okay. But then as, I went on, I just kind of was like, okay, this is Sam. Like, this is supposed to be this character, you know, went with it. But I really liked him in the role. I thought I did he, like him. And Brandon Baker had a great, like, connection and great mm-hmm. chemistry. They felt like actual teenage boys. And they still had such, like, a wholesome friendship, which I love. Yeah. yeah but but I, I agree. The the switch was not uh, great. Not. I, I just, I wish it had been a different person. <laughs> Yeah, I don't like yeah. that they tried to pass him off as Sam because they they just they look nothing alike, and they also they yeah. approached the character in different ways. Yeah, that's true. I can agree with you on that. Yeah. Overall, I feel like this was just a really great script. I know we kind of talked yes. about it with like like the the dialogue and the writing was good, but I thought that the movie had a lot of fun vibes, a very different vibe from the first movie. I will yes. say yes, yes. Like I would never unless. If the characters weren't named the same, I don't think I would be like, oh, this is obviously a sequel to the first one. They're just, they're very different in terms of energy. Yeah, absolutely. I I thought that the, the vibes in this were super fun, a lot less dramatic. And I thought that the script just perfectly captured this tension of a blended family becoming a blended family. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I think it overall had a really great flow to it which I feel like there were some moments in the first one that I was like this is interesting like it's a little choppy but in this one I it felt like a full like well-rounded story and I loved how much they used the family in this one yes absolutely and it it is kind of a it feels like a random storyline but they made it work really well yeah No, definitely like reading the summary of it. I was like, what is happening? Like, why is this happening? But then watching the movie, I was like, oh, I'm fully buying into this. And it fully makes sense. Yeah. Like, I just, I thought it was great. And speaking of like a scene that I really loved while we're talking about this great script, I loved the entire scene and like the surrounding scenes of when the store gets trashed followed by like the dirt devils coming up and the police being around. And I just thought that it was, it felt so real, you know? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I think it was one of those dramatic moments that I was not expecting this movie to like take a turn into. And when they did, I was like, oh no, is this going to be like cheesy decom, like cops coming in? But then I was like, oh wait, no, this feels like really grounded genuinely devastating for those who didn't rewatch johnny's grandpa's fiance owns a a surf shop that she's fixing up that has been in her family and they are planning to open it the grand opening is like the day of their wedding and the night before the grand opening the the dirt borders trash the store 
and like steal all the dirtboard equipment out of it. And the, the cops show up and it is just so devastating. And then the actor who plays Troy, who uh, Troy is the, <laughs> you're shaking your head. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Troy is this grown man who owns a dirtboarding store and a dirtboarding crew of teenagers, which on paper and in practice, kind of creepy. Yeah. However, uh, and I'm I'm interested to see if I think you're going to disagree with me. I thought that the actor who played Troy did a really good job because I hated him so much. Like I yes. genuinely hated him throughout the whole movie and I was like, I think that he's doing a really good job. <laughs> no, I think he did a great job acting-wise. Just a yes. part of my negatives is the whole like dirt devil thing, but I'll get into that later. Yeah. But I I did think he played it well for what he was given. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, no, I think it's like, you know, those characters where the actors get bullied because they play their characters so well that everyone hates them. Yeah. That's yeah. what this reminded me of. For sure. Yeah. I can fully see that. Yeah. I And then uh one more scene I really loved was um the dirtboard montage to the Jonas Brothers song hold yes. on no and not even just the jonas brothers song they had our time now by the plain white tees and then yeah. hold on by the jonas brothers and i flipped like i flipped my shit i'm not gonna lie yeah. i was hype <laughs> i was that entire scene because i heard i heard nick jonas's voice and i was like no no it can't be it can't be and then they're dirtboarding to hold on and i was just i was dancing i was it was it was such a vibe <laughs> yes it was chef's kiss like perfection it was I the perfect song for that montage and we all know yeah. i do love a montage and i thought that was a really great one and speaking of montages one of my likes is like are the montage scenes of this movie like yeah especially i really loved when val was teaching the boys to dirtboard and then johnny teaching val to surf just yeah. very wholesome very cute like Adorable. it felt very real and I just loved all of the montage scenes. I think they were yeah. all really well done and they all like really helped further the plot. Like it wasn't random. Really? Everything felt very purposeful and I loved them. Yeah, 100%. I also want to talk about the action scenes. I think they were a whole lot better than the first movie. I think and they were very different. I think the style is very different. And that's what I was about to say. They're very early 2000s, like stylized, shot with like early Instagram filter kind like of overexposed, <laughs> kind of, kind of yeah. crispy. They look like they're from like a 90s rap video. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> and I honestly, I didn't hate it. <laughs> I was like, I, no, okay, I wrote that down too. I was like, I don't, do I like this or not? I think it's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, I was like, I think it makes this more interesting, in my opinion. I was like, this yeah. actually looks a lot cooler and like more interesting to me because of the way they're filming it. And it's yeah. a lot more intense with the way they were filming it, which yeah. I liked a lot. The only thing I didn't like, and for, for context, we're talking about like the scenes where they're filming the stunts of dirtboarding and skateboarding and those scenes. I didn't like how like shaky the camera was at some point. Yeah. And sometimes some of the clips were really short, so you couldn't really get a whole feeling for what was going on. Like it was just kind of yeah. shot erratically, but I liked the stylized like filming of it. Whereas in the first one, it was definitely that, 
late 90s physical comedy that they were going for with their stunts. And this one was more X Games realism, I think. Yeah. But like, there were a few times where I was like, you're shaking that camera more than they did in the Hunger Games. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. (laughs) Um, But I did, overall, I liked him. I thought it was cool, like you said. But also another thing, they hid the stunt doubles better in this one. Well, <laughs> I, I think the only time I was like, mm, I can kind of see that it's not them was in like the final stunt with Troy and Johnny, like yeah. the final trick of in. I was like, well, they have to show that like that was a big moment. But other than that, like they even had during the race, they had moments where it was like close up on Johnny's face, close up on Troy's face, which I think helped a lot. Because then you weren't like looking for them. You obviously knew that it was them too. Um, There were some wide shots where it was clearly the actors. So it makes me wonder how much of their own stunts they did for the movie. Yeah. And I just, I was very, very happy to see that it wasn't as completely obvious as in the first one that there were stunt doubles. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any other positives? Oh, there is a scene that I wanted to bring up. When Val comes for Troy, when the police come to take him and like totally call him out on everything. Yeah. Loved it. I like, I honestly loved how confident Val was throughout the entire movie because I feel like we don't like, we get a few very like strong female characters in DCOMs, but she was very much one of those, like from the get, she was confident. She's outspoken. She'll do whatever she wants. And like, or if she wants something, she'll go and get it. Yeah, um, I think she was a much more fleshed out version of Emily. Like, I think that yes. what they did in this movie, what they wanted to do with Emily in the first movie. I do Absolutely. have to say, Johnny clearly has a type and it is little blondie <laughs> rich girls. Yikes, that's so true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I was like, okay, he has a type. And then we find out that she's loaded. And I'm like, he yeah. really has a type. Has a type. <laughs> yeah. But also, I need to also call out Chris's confidence, the 12 year old uncle. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> this boy has no qualms. He will go up to anyone and say anything. And I think that was so funny. I, I was dead. Like when he tried to like flirt with Val, I was like, get out. This 12 year old's going for it. And it was incredible. (laughs) Yeah, mad respect. Like, give it a few years, little man. I know you can land her. (laughs) Yeah, it was so good. (laughs) So I do have one thing that I want to bring up as, like, a love slash hate slash, like, I don't really know how to feel about this. And that, for me, was the scene where Carlos says she can't marry Johnny Tsunami, the grandfather. I thought... I. I was devastated. I need you to know that. Yeah. I f- fully out loud was like, no, what? <laughs> Stop. Yeah. Like, I know, I... She's living our dream because we have a huge crush on Johnny Tsunami. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and I, like my heart sank for yeah. Johnny Tsunami. I was like, no, this is not happening to him. Yeah. And it was an incredible dramatic moment. But then there was a part of me that I was like, was that really necessary? Like, couldn't they have just like postponed it or like, Maybe she could no, have like taken so. a step back. No, I, I disagree. I, I think so. Because I, I, I loved the line that she said where she was like, I guess they moved from Philly, I want to say. Yeah. And they moved and she said a line of like, I was crazy to think that I could just drag my 12 year old son on my little Hawaiian adventure. 
Like he's yeah. his own person and he clearly hates it here. He keeps getting in trouble with the police and he's 12. Yeah. And I I felt like it was it was necessary to the plot. Like it really drove home cuz Chris is overhearing this too. Right. And I think it he he realizes that he is making his mother's life harder and yeah. that like she's i mean she's a single mom she's probably made a lot of sacrifices for him over her life and i feel like that was really something that kind of helped push chris's character development a little bit i just hated that it happened i just hate it <laughs> i i was supposed to hate it <laughs> and i know and i think that's the point but i was like this is a great <laughs> moment for them like this is a great acting moment like everyone's doing great but i'm like why did you have to do that? Like, no. Could you think of something else, please? I like. No, I don't like I, it. I I loved it. I love when a movie can punch me straight in the gut, and that's what that scene did. I think it was a love hate relationship for me, where I was like, I did not want that to happen, and I hated that it did, but also it was a really good moment, and I completely understand. But I still <laughs> hated it because it happened. Do you hear that? Yes. Am I what getting bombed? That? What? Oh my god! What was that? Oh my god! Hold on, let me look outside. <laughs> was it like a snowplow or something? No, it's definitely in the sky. What? Just a really low plane? What's happening? Okay, so I think it was like there's an army, an army flight thing near me. Oh. And I think I remember it. Sometimes they test drive planes really low. That's terrifying. <laughs> but like it continued for a while. I feel like they were doing circles. <laughs> That's wild. That's crazy. Sorry, Josh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So do we want to move on to dislikes? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, go for it. So I already said I, I didn't like the whole Sam getting replaced thing. I think I would have rather it been just a new character. And then, so we talked about, we love the relationships in this movie. Yes. I would have, and this is a picky note because I really don't have a whole lot of dislikes, but I would have liked to seen a little bit more of the relationship between Chris and his mom. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little more. It's a pretty that. picky note, but yeah, I, I think I could have, I would have liked to have had more of that. Yeah. I think... I think there there was like a moment when she was like getting in the car with him and she was like, we just need to like spend some time alone. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the point when I was like, is he close to his mom? Is he not? Is he like acting out? And this is like really, really weird for her. Or like, yeah. I, I, I was a little confused on their relationship before she got there. But I do agree. It's like, it's a picky note. It's not anything that really affects no. the entire plot of the movie but i would like have liked to see like yeah. a scene between them two yeah and speaking on chris chris played by jake t austin johnny's 12 year old uncle <laughs> i feel like his character development was very fast like he switched very quickly and i didn't love that they kind of used amber from a christmas prince as <laughs> a deus ex machina almost yeah. Uh, so like I the whole movie, Johnny is trying to get Chris to get away from the dirt devils because Chris wants to be a dirt devil. He wants to be on this big dirt boarding team. And he's a good dirt boarder. But and the dirt devils like I mean they're good dirt boarders, but they suck as people. Yeah. <laughs> like they're not um, nice people. 
And Chris also kind of sucks. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, my Chris, very my oh. very first note about Chris was, oh, Chris sucks, dot, 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 cool. And I kept writing it throughout. Yeah, yeah. No, and I mean, I, I'm not going to put that as a negative because it's the point. Like, that's the point right. of it. Like, that's what they were intending to do. And he he wanted to be a part of the Dirt Devils. He wanted to be a dirt boarder. And he's a good dirt boarder. But, you know, he kind of has this realization that he's not being very fair to the rest of his family. And he's kind of being awful. Uh, but they had Val, Amber from A Christmas Prince, kind of just come in and monologue at him for a little bit and just kind of like tear him to shreds. And I know he has a crush on her, but still it felt very like deus ex machina. Like, oh, we're going to have this girl come in and suddenly he's better when I think it could have been a scene for Johnny because as we said, Johnny was putting in the work. (laughs) Or even just the scene where he's overhearing his mom call off the wedding like even that i feel like that should have been it it was set up to be a bigger moment but then they brought val in and it felt like it diminished that moment when i think that could have been a really big character development point for him and then having a scene with like johnny on top of it would have been like oh that makes sense for him to make that kind of 180 here yeah or even a scene with the grandpa and chris like maybe they have like a little realization that that you know they both love Carla, <laughs> so that was that was mine. What's uh what's one of your negatives? So I have two that are within the same wheelhouse. My first one is that I found dirtboarding significantly less cool than I wanted it to be. <laughs> um, so I just I thought snowboarding and surfing were a lot cooler than dirtboarding. It just seemed a little underwhelming to me. I'm sorry. I didn't expect you (laughs) to demolish an entire sport like that. (laughs) Listen, like respect to dirtboarders. Uh-huh, sure. But I was just kind of like, oh, it's it's glorified skateboarding. I, I just thought it was going to be something cooler than I it's, than it's it all, was. It's like all-terrain skateboarding. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought surfing and snowboarding were a little cooler, in my opinion. I've also never heard of dirtboarding and never heard of it since this movie. Yeah, same. <laughs> so I'm not really in like that whole like X Games all-terrain sport kind of world, though. So that might be why, yeah. but... Yeah. Also on the dirt boarding side of this movie, I was not a fan of Troy and the Dirt Devils. I just think they were too obviously the villains of the entire movie. And I, mean, I just yeah. wish there was like Troy would have been more like normal, like a normal adult human being, because I feel like he wasn't really in this movie. And then at the end, he would have, you know, been like a surprise as the villain. Like he helped the kid break into the store. Yeah, I did. I did like that moment, though, where they see it's like right after they the store gets broken into and they see that it's Jared, who is like his like the the captain of the dirtboard team. and He's a teenager. And where he's getting taken away and Troy like kind of sells him out like or not sells him out. But like, yeah, I guess sells him out would be the term. You know what I mean? Where like we get that look from Jared where he's like, 
you're going to let me take the fall for this? Like, I thought that was a really cool moment where we're like, oh, this man's a snake. No, I... No, I also loved that moment. I I really enjoyed that moment. I think it would have been even better if Troy was seen as like not a bad guy throughout the entire movie. And then you see this look from him and Jared and you're like, oh, wait, Troy is in on this. Like, I think that could have been more interesting for his character rather than them all being kind of like assholes the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, I could could see it. Because I do like the dirt devils being kind of like, awful people just because it's like that 12 year old boy trying to get into this group and they're kind of bullying him but he's trying really hard to impress them and johnny can see right through it like i think it really speaks to like johnny's judge of character yeah absolutely i think i i liked the dirt devil kids i think some of their lines were a little rough like the way they were written was a little weird but i liked the fact that the dirt devils were a little more like i guess emo it's the best way I can describe <laughs> yeah. it. No, Jared definitely made me kind of uncomfortable throughout the movie, just like the way he interacted. And so, okay, yeah. I just realized this in this moment, who Jared reminds me of. And I'm interested to see if you agree. Okay. He reminds me of Oren from Parks and Recreation. You know, April's friend who is like really tall and goth and he has like the human petting zoo. Do you know what I'm talking about? Stop. Stop. <laughs> yes. He definitely gave me those vibes and I can't Stop. explain why. Like not explicitly, but like kind of toned down. Yeah, definitely the energy. He definitely has the same energy as Jared. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh my God. I also need to say... Every time I heard dirt devils, I just thought of a vacuum. <laughs> and I like I'm like that's a vacuum, right? Like I no, that's 100%. all I can think about. It is a vacuum. I I definitely had like a toy dirt devil okay. kid. So I was like, "Oh, choice of name." My biggest dislike for this. And it, I guess it is a pretty big one, but it doesn't ruin the movie for me. It's just like, eh. I felt like the race at the end of the movie was really just kind of shoehorned in there. And like, I think I think I said this earlier, but like at the beginning, I was like, oh, is this the same movie twice? No, it's not. Oh, well, it kind of is. And that's kind of where this was, where I feel like they're just they're, the stakes weren't really there. They were kind of confusing. Like I've, I watched this movie two days ago. I really couldn't tell you why they were racing. I don't really remember. But I just don't feel like I was very invested in it. Whereas like in the first movie, this is what I think it is. I think like this movie focused more on the family dynamic with kind of dirtboarding in the background. Whereas the first movie kind of focused more on the family dynamic and snowboarding and it was very intertwined. So that when we had that race, we had the stakes, we were invested because they were trying to desegregate a mountain. And this one, I just kind of felt like it was like, oh, it's it's a Johnny Capahala movie. We got we go race, you know, (laughs) right, right. And I mean, they kind of address that in the movie where like Johnny says, like, oh, it's like a tradition like in it ends up they always have to race for some reason also the line where he's talking to troy and 
he says, we settle things with our skills, not with our mouths or something oh, like no. that made me <laughs> very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. But I I do agree that the race kind of came out of nowhere. And I think they it was like they were fighting for selling dirt boards at the stores or something. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I also don't really remember. I just, I don't know. It's, um, it just felt very like out of place. And I get it. It's a kid's movie. I think me as a kid probably did like the race scene a lot. But like if we're watching this from an adult lens and trying to judge it by that, I just don't think it fit very well. Also, Johnny really didn't have enough time on a dirt board to feasibly win this race. I think that was my other thing. Yeah, I like it would make more sense if like Chris was the one, but he had a little broken arm. Yeah, and so, I like been I guess cool. not, but it would make more sense. Yeah. yeah, but I think I you know Johnny Capahala title character, you know. Yeah, I I don't know. I think it could have been more fun if Chris was the one who won it for yeah. them. So then it was like a family thing. I think that could have been cool. Yeah, I think that would have been really cool. But I also understand. Yeah, I but. I guess they broke his arm, so he couldn't really do it. Yeah. I understand why we have it, but I don't love it. And I think the time we spent on this race, I would have rather had devoted towards the wedding. Like, I would have liked to have seen more of the family yeah. and the grandpa and Carla's wedding and kind of seen like that aftermath and that kind of falling action. I completely agree. I would have loved more of the wedding. But then again, it's... It's Johnny Tsunami, Johnny Kapahala movie. They gotta have a race. <laughs> they do. They do. <laughs> my my last little note, in by little I mean minuscule. There was a scene, and there were a few scenes where the nature noises in the background were just really loud. Really? I didn't notice that. And they were distracting to me. Yeah, like there's the scene after Chris comes back with his broken arm and him and Johnny are like sitting on a picnic table or something and they're talking and all I could hear was the nature noises. And there were just like a few small scenes where that happened where some of the like noises in the background or some of the music was just a little too loud in my opinion. But I mean, that is a tiny note that it did not diminish from the movie. Yeah. Just kind of like a sound mixing kind of thing. Yeah. 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 I, I didn't even notice it. So that's like, you got a keen ear. Thanks. <laughs> so would you like to move into fashion? I don't have many. I, I don't either, but I do have to begin with something that I mentioned in the first movie that I do need to bring up now. Johnny's hair, a <laughs> lot better in this movie. It is. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like we said, like, Johnny Capahala, he got hot. 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 <laughs> it's like, a fact. And that hair was great. <laughs> he, 10 great out of 10. Fruit. Johnny Capahala, um, pull up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> please do. <laughs> do you ever think we're a little um, too thirsty on this podcast sometimes? I don't think so. I mean, these movies, apparently we are. Because first we yeah. had the grandpa in the first one. Listen, and now I we got would, Johnny in this one. Listen, I would date the hell out of Johnny or his grandpa. And I want that. Print it. Put it in print. <laughs> what a family. <laughs> the Kapahala <laughs> men. 
could get it. <laughs> Woof. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so fashion. I love every outfit that Johnny's mom and Carla wore. They had some really cute dresses, a lot of yes. really like super cute looks. I thought that they were stunting throughout the movie. I completely agree. I I feel like all of like the women's looks in this is like they're very of the time while the guys just look like everyday guys. Like the outfits were very typical. Yeah, but I will say I love all the Hawaiian shirts. Uh, everybody looks good in a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> Speaking of the Hawaiian shirt, the shirt that Johnny wears that says Hawaii on it. Iconic. Was <laughs> lovely. Iconic. So good. Iconic. Johnny, pull up. Um, <laughs> I I do have to bring up Johnny's pink button-up shirt with the samurai on it. Yes. Dope. Oh, is this a Johnny Capahala cool Stan podcast um, now? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he could officiate our wedding, so we could definitely just, like, go but, full Johnny Capahala. But and... could he be the groom in our wedding? I'm kidding. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> Us both not single. Us both not single <laughs> asking Johnny Capahala to pull up. <laughs> okay, moving on. I do have to uh, mention uh, some of Val's outfits. <laughs> Oh, go for it. So there was one outfit where she was wearing like a double tank top with like a large brown belt that wasn't in her belt loops. It was just like hanging (laughs) on her hips and Uh a pair of jeans. And it gave me Hilary Duff or like young country Taylor Swift vibes. Oh, yeah. And it was just (laughs) very, very of the time. And then there was also towards the end, she had this little like striped tank top and jeans skirt look. That was very cute. It was very precious. I feel like Val's outfits were very mid to late 2000s, but like on the good side of them. Like they were all pretty normal and cute. Like that double tank top. Yeah, I I feel that. (laughs) For sure. For sure. We definitely wore that. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I thought she had some cute outfits considering like I feel like like I said the women were the only ones who had very like of the time specific outfits in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they were good looks. Yeah, absolutely. So, um would you like to know some fun facts about this movie? I absolutely would. So, this movie was filmed in Hawaii and also in Auckland, New Zealand. That's interesting. I yeah. would not have guessed that. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. And then, so this next fun fact is kind of to give you an idea of what all was going on around this time. So this movie came out in 2007. In 2007, Disney put out four DCOMs. The other three were High School Musical 2, Twitches 2, and Jump In. So some bangers. Yeah. That's what they were putting out. Three of the four of those are sequels. This is true, but also bangers. I mean, okay, yeah. I haven't watched Twitches 2 in a while, so I don't really remember that. But yeah. this movie, High School Musical 2 is a banger, and then Jump, Jump In, in amazing. also a banger. Yeah. So this seemed like a great season of d Yeah, no, absolutely. I feel, like, I feel like some people might try to argue like Johnny Capahala, 
back on board might be like the lesser of those four. But I don't know. I really like this movie. I think it can hold its own against all those others in the lineup. I completely agree. I also yeah. really love this movie. I yeah. like granted, I don't remember Twitches too. So we would have to watch that one to compare all of them. Yeah. But I think this one holds up. Absolutely. No, absolutely. I just, I think 2007 was a good year for Disney Channel. <laughs> absolutely. And uh, I guess speaking of, you know, Disney Channel and, you know, we talked a lot about the acting in this movie. And I was just going to wonder, like, where some of these actors are now. Well, I can tell you. <gasps> so we first have Jake T. Austin, who played Chris. Ah, yes, I was hoping you would do Jake D. Austin. I love him. <laughs> so he's known for his roles as Max Russo in Wizards of Waverly Place, a yes. Disney classic, and and also Jesus Foster in The Fosters, which is one of my favorite shows. I thought that was he's Noah incredible Centenia. in that as well. They do play the same character, but Jake T. Austin originated that role. Oh. And then Noah Centineo took over i my so the yeah. fosters i remember sabrina watched that a lot while we were in college and i would always just come in and sit on the couch next to them and i would make up the storyline <laughs> based on just the little scene that i would watch <laughs> and it was really fun for me <laughs> it was a great time also also the spinoff series good trouble great series as well love both of them highly recommend so He's obviously had a notable career in the TV and film industry. He started at the age of seven in commercials and then landed his first major role as the voice of Diego in Dora the Explorer. Shut up. I know. I was surprised too. I had no idea until I looked him up. Yeah. And he ended up voicing the Diego spinoff series, Go Diego Go as well. Oh my God. That's nuts. Yeah, I know. So then he actually did a lot of voice acting roles, but his first live action film was as Angel in The Perfect Game. And then he appeared in Johnny Capahala back on board. And in the same year was cast in Wizards of Waverly Place, which skyrocketed his career. Yeah, absolutely. So a great year for Jake T. Austin. Since the two like largely known roles of his, he's voice acted in a DC Comics direct-to-video film, and he participated on season 23 of Dancing with the Stars, which I now want to You're watch. You're kidding. What? <laughs> I am not. And his most recent credit is in the 2020 film Adverse, and he has two roles on his IMDb, one in filming and one in pre-production at the moment. So we have more stuff coming from Jake T. Austin. Oh, good. I loved him growing up. I thought he was great. Me too. And I feel like we haven't seen him in a while. Yeah, I want to see more of him. So I'm excited. And my fun fact for Jake T. Austin is that his real last name is Szymanski. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Oh, that's not what I thought you were going to say <laughs> at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, oh, that's not the last name that I thought. But yeah, <laughs> that's his real last name. Uh, apparently, uh, Austin is his middle name. And then Ooh. the T stands for his mother's maiden name. Oh, that's cool. So, so moving on to Rose McIver, 
<gasps> Our favorite. Amber! <laughs> <laughs> we talk about A Christmas Prince on this podcast so much. <laughs> a little too much, but I'm not mad about it. No, I feel like I feel like once like in like three years when we're done with all these decoms, we're just gonna have to start reviewing the Netflix Christmas cinematic universe. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I we need to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and speaking of New Zealand, she is a New Zealand actress. So okay. which I did not know. Okay, no. So I recently learned this. I saw an interview with her and When she talked, I almost shat my pants because I just like my brain does not make that connection. Like her speaking in her native accent was so weird to me. And I I sent that to you. I know I sent that video to you. I did not watch it. I apologize. Thanks. Thanks, best friend. Um, (laughs) I... I will go watch it now. Uh, (laughs) Apologies. But I really can't hear her without like what you hear in A Christmas Prince. Yeah, no. I really, like my brain can't comprehend that. No, after this, uh, we're gonna, I'm gonna resend you that and I wanna see your reaction to her speaking because it is nuts. I will probably have a mental breakdown, but yeah, let's do it. Yeah, it'll definitely break your mind for sure. Lovely. (laughs) So she actually began acting at the age of two Hmm. and made her film debut at the age of three in the film The Piano. Really? (laughs) So, yeah, she started real young. Huh. So, since starting acting, she appeared in many New Zealand-based TV shows, and she's also starred in another DCOM, Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off. Stop. Which we gotta watch. (laughs) No. Y- you're telling yes. me Amber's in another decom? She sure is. <laughs> I'm gonna poop on the floor. This is nuts. I, <laughs> I can't handle this much Christmas Prince <laughs> in the off season. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna be seeing more of her, so uh, get your pants ready. <laughs> get. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> She also played the Yellow Power Ranger in Power Ranger RPM, which I think is very interesting. You know what? Not expected she, on my end. I didn't. I, it's unexpected, but also she does give me Power Ranger energy, so I could see it. Yeah, and she was in that for, it, I think it said 32 episodes. Wow. So she was a Yellow Power Ranger for a bit. She also had her big screen debut as Lindsay Salmon in The Lovely Bones playing the little sister of the lead, who I believe was Saoirse Ronan, if I'm correct, like correctly remembering. Oh, how about that? Have you never seen The Lovely Bones? No, it's on my list of movies I have to see. I've heard it's great, though. It's wild. Hmm. It is. It's a great film, but it is terrifying. I don't even know what it's about. Should I just uh, go in she, blind? Yes. Okay. <laughs> go in blind. <laughs> okay. And text me afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. She has also appeared in multiple TV shows, including Once Upon a Time, iZombie, and Ghosts. And she's also appeared in films, including Predicament, Blinder, and of course, our favorite, the Christmas Prince trilogy. Yes, Queen Amber! (laughs) And her most recent role was actually as a cameo in the new Princess Switched as 
Queen Amber. Queen Amber! Yes. I, when I, let me tell you, <laughs> when we saw that shot of Queen Amber and Prince and King Richard and their baby, oh my god. <laughs> we are too invested in this trilogy. <laughs> their baby that was almost cursed. Y'all, you have to watch the Christmas Prince oh. trilogy. They're like some of the worst movies I've ever it's- seen. <laughs> It's too awful. Like, it's just incredible. Oh, they're incredible. <laughs> and her fun fact is also a name fun fact. Oh. Her first name is actually Francis. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Your face. No, I'm going to be honest. I do not see uh, a Francis when I look at her. Like, Rose makes a little more sense. But Rose is her middle name, apparently. I could maybe see, like, a Franny. Honestly, I can't even see a Rose. I just see her as Amber. (laughs) She will only ever be Amber. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so so do we want to move on to our... Oh. The lag, man. So... I think it's time for us to kind of wrap up our thoughts, you know, nice little bow. I guess I'll start. What were your thoughts on this movie? I had a great time. I really yeah. did. I ha- I thought this movie was so fun. I thought it was a good script. And I mean, the, the characters and the relationships are just amazing. Yeah. I feel like this is one of the more interesting families we've seen. Like out of all the families in the decons, I'm very invested in this family. And I'm going to be honest, I think, I don't know if I would say I like it better than the first one, but I think it's a better movie than the first one, technically. Yeah. And I don't know. I just think I, they're, they are very different, but I I think I liked this one better. Yeah, I I agree. I I think for me, I definitely liked this better than the first movie. I was invested in it. I loved the family dynamics, loved the relationship, thought the acting was pretty great for a decom. And honestly, like there was a part of me because I love the family that they wrote for this movie. I would have loved to see either another movie or like a TV show with this, like this new blended family. Yeah, please. I am be- Disney, you did it once. I don't care how long it's been. I know it's been over 10 years. Bring us Johnny. What's a board that he can get on now? Because Johnny has already mastered water, snow, and earth. And concrete because he skateboards. What's What's a board that we can put Johnny on for a third movie? That's a great question. Listen, Disney, we'll come up with it. What if, what if we put him, what if we put, what if it's like he's an adult now and he's on a board of directors for like a company? I hate <laughs> That's terrible. I love it. But I also deeply despise it. But it's like, it's, it, no, 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 no. Oh, okay, Lord. Disney, this is my pitch. Listen up. So Johnny is, on, Johnny is an adult now. He has, he, maybe he has a kid. He definitely has a wife. He's definitely married and he is on a board of directors. He has to wear a suit to work every day. And his life is sad now. And then he has to find that whimsy back in his life. So like he's kind of kind of gone the way of his dad in the first movie, but not fully. And so then he has to get back into the sports to really find himself again. 
but I'm sorry. I could not believe that he would sell out like that and just, I think, I think it would be like, maybe he, maybe he had a kid too young and he's like, oh, now I have to like do all this responsibilities. Maybe. I don't know. Board, board, back. We'll, we'll workshop it. Back we'll workshop on it. board of the directors. <laughs> <laughs> we'll workshop it. We'll workshop it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Disney, we got an idea for you. So. Um, yeah. <laughs> we'll work on it. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Okay. So should we try to figure out? We'll try to find this on the ranking. Also, I wanted to say, I saw other reviews of this movie, and they aren't great. And that confuses me. That makes no sense to me. I really enjoyed this movie. It doesn't at all. Yeah. So if we're looking at the ranking, we say it's better than the first Mm -hmm. one. So we're going to put it above Johnny Tsunami. Um, I would venture to say. Yes. uh Uh-huh. Above. Twitches. I would venture to say above Kim Possible. Oh, okay. I'm trying to decide if I venture to say above Full Court Miracle. I. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> oh, I. Mm, oh, I think yes. Above Full Court Miracle. Yeah. I, I do too. Wait, let, let me flip back. To full I also, miracle. Hold on. I also need to look, look at Ultimate Christmas Present. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is this, is Johnny Cavahala back on board the hidden gem of the DCOMs? Quite possibly. I mean, Under Wraps is like the, the hidden, hidden gem. gem. But yes. is it one of them? Quite yes. possibly. 100% it is. But how high are we venturing to go here? Okay, I honestly had more dislikes for Ultimate Christmas Present. So, possibly above that one for me. Okay. I think the acting Agreed. was better. Agreed. Like, there were characters in I Ultimate think, Christmas th- Present that I was like, we didn't need them at all. And I did not feel that way with this one. And they had a lot of characters in this one, but they yeah. wrote them into where they were all important. Yeah. Oh now, I don't know goodness. if I could venture above High School Musical. I don't... <laughs> I, I, I think my nostalgia is the only thing keeping me from that. And that's, that's not being objective, is it? Yeah, you may be right. I may be feeling the same way. Oh, no. Oh, no. Hold on. Hold oh, on. No. <laughs> Johnny Cavahala back on board is throwing us for a loop. <laughs> oh, no. Ooh. Oh, no. I had a lot of dislikes for High School Musical. Wait. I did, too. But I also had a me lot too. of likes. I overall just had a lot more notes for High School Musical than I did yes, for Johnny Cavahala. Me as well. Wow, this is surprising <laughs> us in the moment, listeners. You're you're getting pure unfiltered <laughs> panic right Truly. now. Truly, I was not <laughs> expecting to go this high with this movie, but like actually looking at the looking at the ranking and looking into my notes, it may be up there. This is crazy. Is it a is it above High School Music? I don't think it's above Halloween Town. I don't think so either. I think, okay, honestly, if I look at it, I feel like it's on the same level as Halloween Town, in my opinion. Like, yeah, I, I don't see know. That. But I think the, I think, I think what would push Halloween Town over yes. to me is like the practical effects and like Agreed. all of the effort. And that's that why went I don't think it. I could put it above it, but I feel like it's very much on the same level, in my opinion, but I would go below it rather than above it. Yeah. So does that mean? That Johnny Cavahala back on board is better 
than High School Musical? I think so. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm not okay. What is what? <laughs> oh, I'm me sweating. Too. Oh my god. This is giving me a physical reaction. My jaw Listeners, you can't see it, but I'm like crunched up in a ball right now. I cannot believe this. Like, you are hearing this from two people who love High School Musical. We did a two-hour High School Musical episode. Like, and we are, like, and I know we're trying to put, like, our nostalgia and our love for it just because it's, like, our childhood on the back burner. This We're really trying to be objective with this podcast. But I I do think Johnny Capahala back on board is above it, which is so crazy. (laughs) Oh, I hope we don't make our whole audience mad. (laughs) I, listen, (laughs) watch the movie. (laughs) What, hey, watch it. Listen, we know, we know. I don't know where I was going with that. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I was going to say, we know what you guys come back for each week. But I really don't no. know what you guys come back for each week. I don't know how we have an audience. <laughs> Listen, we're just happy we have one. Yeah. Um. So I guess that means Johnny Kavahala back on board is taking the number four slot on our list of 17 movies so far. That's crazy. I... I'm just as surprised as all of you. I would have never guessed this, ever. I wouldn't, not even, even going into this podcast before we started, I wouldn't have guessed we'd end up here. I was thinking like middle, like maybe higher Yeah, I was looking middle too. But I was never thinking number four. But looking back. But I think it, looking back, I, I kind of agree. Yeah. And just, just because we haven't, uh. Given the ranking in a while, I think I'll I'll read off the list just so everybody knows. So the ranking as of right now starts at the top with Xenon, followed by Under Wraps, Halloween Town, Johnny Capahala Back on Board, High School Musical, The Ultimate Christmas Present, Full Court Miracle, Kim Possible So the Drama, Twitches, Smart House, Johnny Tsunami, Cloud Nine, Read It and Weep, Phantom of the Megaplex, Go Figure, Christmas Again, and Under Wraps 2021. What a list. I can't believe we have this long of a list already. I know, right? Wild. If you still like us after this, watch the movie. You'll get it. But if you still like (laughs) us and want to keep coming back, even though we put this above High School Musical, please join us back next week when we will be kicking off a month-long celebration. So everybody knows, we all know, February is Black History Month. So every week in February, we will be reviewing a Black-led decom. And this is the most exciting part. Every month or every episode, we will be having a guest. So four episodes for Black History Month, four guests. I am so excited. Serena and I really wanted to have a friend on who could really talk about like what it meant to them seeing that representation growing up. So I'm excited about this uh, this new and this fun little month of episodes we have coming up. Yes, me too. I cannot wait. Yes. So please join us back next week when we will be reviewing 
jump in. And our guest is a repeat guest. We're going to have some new guests, some old guests that have already been on. But for jump in, we will be welcoming back our very good friend, Chidera Nwoko. Yes, I'm so excited. First of all, this movie, I remember it being such a banger. And then I yeah. cannot wait to hear Chidera's thoughts on it. It's going to yes. be so much fun. I'm I cannot so wait for this excited. episode. So excited for her to be back on the pod. Yes. Absolutely. So, Megan, where can you find us online? Well, as always, you can find us over on Instagram at Disney Channel Unoriginal Pod. Also, if you like us, you can subscribe, you can leave a five-star review to help other people find us, or you can also leave a review that lets us know what DCOM you want to hear about next. Yeah, we release new episodes every Sunday. So until next time, I'm Megan. And I'm Sabrina, and you've been listening to DCOP, the Disney Channel unoriginal podcast. Dun, 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 dun.